Yeah, yeah, Ryan Bars. Sit back, relax, real talk, what you listen to? Hosted by black brothers, distinguished individuals. So listen up, cause times is getting critical. This is where we ignite your mental and your physical. To the point where your spiritual is visible. Our mission, each one, teach one. Till our bond is indivisible. Where we make bread like bakeries. What you thought? It's a brother's podcast, Ash Crib Report. Brian Bars in World Tour. They give you fly bars in the world of sports. LT, the voice got the news. J Boogie, PC Joe, yeah they got the juice And last but not least we got Hawkeye and Mr. Wallace With the hot topics, yeah it's hard to stop us Stop and be our last resort It's the Burroughs Podcast, Stash Crib Report Chip, BK We rolling. Welcome to the Brothers Podcast. I'm here with Ryan Boss. How you doing? Let's get it, fellas. Play correct, Joe. How you doing? Hello, gentlemen. Jay Boogie, what's going on? March Madness is certainly upon us, baby. Mr. Wise, what's going on? Good afternoon, brothers. All right. Jay Boogie and for LT The Voice with the news. Go ahead, boy. Yeah, with the assist from LT The Voice. Um, I'm not really touching on too much New York news. Um, took taking a taking a broader look at this. I've been keeping a close eye uh, over these past few weeks on gubernatorial races that's coming up in the next about four to five months, which will probably change the landscape of a lot of what's going on <clears throat> in this country going forward. Uh, in particular, Texas, uh, Georgia, uh, and New York. New York's not in the clear yet. I think Cuomo is kind of a kind of a guy that's waiting to see how this thing shapes out. There's some polls that's out there right now that, that mentioned he wants to run again, which is which is very interesting. Um, it only showed him four points down to the to the current uh, sitting governor right now by four points. So that's interesting to watch. Texas is very interesting to watch as well. They've had over the past few years, a lot of folks leave from California and move to Texas, particularly folks like from the tech business um, where, you know, taxes are not as high in, in Texas as it is in California. But a lot of those guys that have moved to Texas are registered Democrats. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how that takes shape in the gubernatorial race. And then obviously the former president has had interest in that um, as well. But he really has interest in the Georgia uh, gubernatorial race. And um, Stacey, Stacey Abrams has been out there pretty heavy um, campaigning. Um, and I think she's, you know, she's going to have a lot of big name folks behind her. So I think that race will probably be a lot closer than what what people think, but I'm not sure. And I'll ask Mr. Wallace real quick before I continue on with the news um, as far as redistricting and, and, and removing lines around in Georgia, um, how do you see that impact in anything at all? Um, well, I, I definitely see um, Stacey Abrams trying to make some headway, but, you know, I also put into account that you got to remember everything right now goes through some kind of algorithm. So I'm probably hearing Stacey Abrams you know, campaigning while, you know, maybe 70% of Georgia is, is not, right? They're hearing um, Kemp, is he going for it again? He is, yep. Yeah, so they're hearing Kemp's, you know. Um, and I think that's the thing with media nowadays is just so, you know, you're going you're gonna to hear the things that validate what you think. Um, yeah. Fit, fit, fit along those lines. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been hearing it in the community that I hang out in. Yes, I see a lot of Stacey Abrams support. 
Um, but I do know that that is not the majority of Georgia. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to watch <clears throat> throughout the rest of the year. The other, the other big, big one in Georgia is the, is the Senate, is the Senate races. Obviously, uh, former President Trump has put a lot of money, interest, and energy in behind Herschel Walker. Um, as a as a black man, he's hoping that he could up in um, one of those two candidates. Not sure who he's going to plan on running against, but that's going to be interesting to watch as well as the balance of the Senate and the House. Quite frankly, uh, could could flip uh, in November this year. So interesting to watch. Obviously, that affects a lot of decisions that happens in those states. Um, how how uh, electoral lines are drawn as well. Uh, so interesting to watch. Uh, and the other one was uh, this week, um, Katanya Brown Jackson and her confirmation hearing. She had a she she held her own um, in in this in this hearing as as there was some pushback clearly from uh, Republicans. This this vote, uh, she she's on track right now to be the first female black female uh, Supreme Court justice, and it'll probably be along party lines. Um, you know, Lindsey Graham was pretty explosive. Uh, Senator Hawley was pretty explosive and Senator Cruz was pretty explosive as well. Um, but this will be a party line vote and she, this will probably be a 50-50 vote with a, with a tie-break vote from Vice President Harris. Um, and so we'll probably end up seeing the first Black female Supreme Court justice by about the second week in April. And then obviously still dominating in the news uh, is the Ukraine-Russia uh, uh, invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. Um, the Ukrainian people are still a month into this into this invasion. They are holding their own. Uh, it's remarkable to see what they're doing, um, and they're still asking for a lot more from the West um, as far as help with with uh, javelins and stingrays and money and et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see how that goes out. President Biden had a a pretty good three day trip over there. Uh, he gave a pretty damning speech uh, in in Poland and Warsaw. Uh, yesterday evening. And so we'll see what that does to Vladimir Putin. But one of the things that the, the intel chief in the Ukrainian army kind of went out and open source, uh, it's up on CNN if you wanted to look at it. But, you know, at this point now, Putin has kind of, Putin has kind of uh, given into the fact that he will not be able to take over the entire country of the Ukraine. And now he's looking for an outcome uh, that would look like what it looks like on the Korean, the Korean peninsula between North and South Korea. So he's looking to establish some sort of dominance within that country and make it his own and then give the rest of the country to the Ukraine. We'll see how, we'll see how it all shapes out. Um, and that's really all I got for the news. All right, Jay Boogie, double duty, baby. Good sport. I'll tell you what, man, I paid my taxes, man. You crushing me, Ma. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit of sports. Um, this is the last week of spring training in baseball. Um, the season starts on 7 April. Um, and, and I'm not really going to touch too much, which, you know, they had a wild, wild offseason of trades and free agency signings. But I think, you know, what's very interesting to me, which is Major League Baseball is the only uh, North American sport that doesn't have a salary cap. Uh, in a few short weeks that they had, dollars in free agency in the offseason. And I think part of that is um, because they did institute the, the Major League Baseball wide DH. So it gave a lot more people um, a lot more legs when they really wouldn't have had it. So how this baseball season shakes up as it does start next week. Uh, over to the NFL, I did read some read a little bit of news about the Jets quietly making a play for DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel. Um, they, they have a real good shot to get Tyree Kill, and obviously they lost out on him as he ended up in Miami. Uh, so we'll see if the Jets make any moves to try and help uh, put some talent around their young quarterback. 
uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still hanging out there. Um, right now, nobody's willing to take a chance on him because he did have shoulder surgery. Um, looks like he might end up getting cut instead of traded. To the, to the San Francisco 49ers, but they're going to lose out on this because they were hoping to trade him and looking to get some draft picks back uh, in return for him. So that this. And so hopefully um, their little young quarterback could, could shape out to what they hope for. And then speaking of Tyreek Hill, setting the market for wide receivers at five year, $120 million, which is absolutely insane. Um, Jarvis Landry came out publicly and was asking for $20 million a year right after that Tyreek Hill trade. He's had a season for the last two years. His numbers don't really compute the $20 million a year, but he's saying if, if Tyreek can get it, which by the way, I think was a bad trade for Tyreek. Um, but kudos to him for taking the money. Um, he's going to go now and play with a quarterback at Tua Tagovailoa, who, who's really not as accurate as a thrower uh, as Patrick Mahomes. And so he's going to go from used to having to he'd be lucky if the ball make it to him because Tyreek is an up and he's a vertical player and that's not Tua Tagovailoa's strength. So we'll see how that shakes out. Baker Mayfield still flapping in the winds out there right now after Sandron Watson. Um, no, no team has made any moves on him. I think some concern with him is this is his this is his last year on his rookie contract, and so I think a lot of teams are worried and leery about that. Um, for home, you cheated Marquez Valdez Scantlin from Green Bay uh, to try and help uh, soften the blow a little bit for for Tyree Kill getting away from them. He clearly is not the the speech that Tyree Kill is, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think people are underestimating how great of a quarterback he is, and I think he's going to end up doing pretty pretty well this year. This may be one of his best seasons, but we shall see. And then speaking of uh, Scantlin leaving Green Bay, I, you know, <laughs> him leaving Green Bay, man, just really leaves Aaron Rodgers with, like, no clear number one wide receiver, him having lost three of his four top wide receivers. And he's now left with Randall Cobb, who's a shell of himself. Um, he's old. Uh, he can't really get out there and get it like that anymore. So Rodgers signed a three-year contract, and he has an opt-out next year. So it'll be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers even continues to play football beyond the 2023 season. And then quietly, the, the Seattle Seahawks um, have been working uh, working Colin Kaepernick out. And so he's been, he's been looking pretty impressive from some of the videos that, that I've seen. Uh, and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if, if this is the time for Colin Kaepernick to make his way back into the National Football League. Um, quick news on boxing. I did read earlier this morning that Tank Davis and, and Floyd Mayweather has been at odds a little bit. And so he's kind of set to let his contract expire uh, with Mayweather, with, with, with the money team. Um, and, and they have been going at it publicly, actually, on social media. So uh, we'll see where Tank Davis ends up, where it's all signs point to him leaving, leaving the money team. Um, Caster Zoo's sons fought last night. I got a chance to watch that fight. Uh, Tim Zoo, he won a unanimous decision last night against uh, a former Olympian, uh, Terrell Gasha in a real good fight. Um, but you know, he, he obviously got some got some publicity because he is Castazu's son, but he's got a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, and he said it at the end of the fight, so he knows that. Uh over to the NCAA, Coach K continuing on this this miraculous run in his last year uh coaching in college college men's basketball. Um he made it to his 13th final four, um, passing John Wooden last night as appearing in the most final four in history. So Kudos to him. And, you know, if you believe in miracles, this this shit looks like a miracle, man, with Coach K in this this unbelievable run. And then, obviously, a little bit closer to home in New York, St. Pete, they continue their little Cinderella run. They're getting ready to get started here in about 15 minutes against UNC. 
for the for the final slot um, in the final four. So we'll see if they can pull it off. Um, so right now, Kansas will play Villanova in one bracket, and then Duke plays a winner of either Carolina or St. Pete. So Shaheen Holloway and, and St. Pete, good luck to those cats. Um, and if, if UNC makes it, uh, this will be the first time that they play Duke um, in the final four. So obviously um, UNC handed them their asses on Coach K's last home game uh, in Duke. So I'm sure he is salivating to play them one more time. And then of note, you know, with the NCAA this week, they're going to have the first ever HBCU uh, all-star game, which will be televised on TBS. And so I think it's great progress that they're making to try and get some more exposure to HBCUs, just not just these regular big name schools, um, but but to get these young guys some exposure, these young black athletes, some exposure who are really good, but they never really get talked about because, you know, you don't see them on TV and therefore scouts are not going to waste their time going to to the likes of, you know, the Howards and, the you know, the Appalachians, all these other schools that where you could think of. So it's good that the NCAA, you know, is, is starting to get them some exposure. And then obviously uh, NBA, nothing too much drastic change, but the biggest news this week was the, the mandate change in New York City, which will which will now allow uh, Kyrie Irving to play at home, which I think he's playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken, at home. So this will be his first game. Um, a lot of rumblings about why Mayor Adams chose to make this change now when there has been a lot of pressure on him to do it. Um, even a few weeks ago, he made a comment saying Kyrie could play. He just got to get vaccinated. And so, you know, the question I have for the brothers as I end my sports segment before we roll over into the, to the round of questions is, um, you know, why do you think Mayor Adams at this point in time now made a change to this mandate when he could have done it, you know, three months ago? Uh, why do you think he made that change? Is it Major League Baseball coming around? Is it, I mean, I'd be interested to hear you guys' comments on that. Baseball coming around. America's number one pastime. It's a money decision, but my thing is, I think the um, the healthcare professionals, the fire department, everybody that got fired should get rehired. Then show that it's more than money, you know. Yeah, Brian Boss. Yeah, I think it's uh, money, but also, you know what I mean, he feeling stupid because he, he was getting backlash for the past three months, you know what I mean, from everybody that was talking about how you going to keep Kyrie from playing, but everybody else in the NBA that is unvaccinated is coming there playing. So that's what I think. Yeah. Mr. Wallace? Well, I mean, I'm not really up on um, I'm not really up on like New York politics, um, but you know, what's interesting about it, just to give you a little background on the right, what's interesting was like if you, Mr. Wallace, played for the Atlanta for the Atlanta Hawks and you're not vaccinated, and you came to New York, you could play. But Kyrie, being a player that played in New York that wasn't vaccinated, couldn't play. And I just think it was like one of the dumbest fucking rules ever. But um, so that's kind of a little background on, on on what the policy was. And then he changed it to now if you play in New York. And I think this affects high school sports as well, um, that those kids can now play, you know, contact sports as well um, in the city. Um. I don't know, like, was he allowed to make a, a thing like that quickly? Like, I don't know what kind of ropes he had to go through or, you know, 
Um, but I do know that having Kyrie play will bring more money into the city, right? Mm-hmm. And with everything that's coming up and the fact that, you know, people are struggling economically now, that may be a, a, an incentive. Yeah, I think so, love. And then, uh, Hawkeye, what's your thoughts on it? I agree with Joe. Everybody should get their job back. You know what I'm saying? Because it was, it was, yeah, he was from the get go um, to f- force someone to get a, a vaccine in the first place. Um, people, lost, a lot of people lost their jobs for this. And um, Kyrie waited it out, and um, now he he didn't he didn't have any type he didn't have to um, experience any type of penalty for doing that. A lot of other people lost their jobs. I know people personally have lost their jobs because they didn't want to take the vaccine. So I agree with Joe. People that um, everybody that was fired due to the fact they didn't take the vaccine should get their jobs back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other than that, you know, he's, he's a basketball player and um, the, 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 the policy didn't make sense anyway for someone to come from another team and play in the Barclays scene and he couldn't. It, it didn't make sense. Even Adam Silver said that. So um, it's the right thing to do if you're going to allow other people to come here. Um, but if he really didn't want people with Kyrie to play, you know, just um, ban everybody that wasn't vaccine vaccinated to play inside of um, New York City. But you know, it worked out for it worked out for the Nets. It worked out for Kyrie, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, time for a big playoff push. And you know, it's crazy though, Jay. And when you really think about it, right, the nurses that lost their jobs, right, because he, he's bringing back dirty cops or cops that had a lot of comp, uh, like complaints, right. We discussed that last week. How you bring back all the cops with high complaints and all that stuff. So you need to bring back the actual nurses and doctors who got fired, right? And and the teachers who, who worked tremendously through the pandemic and and gave so much during the pandemic. These people who really kept New York City running. That you fired them. They need to be brought back, and they should sue. They should bring a lawsuit against the mayor because these people like kept New York going during the pandemic. You fired them, but you let the shit go for sports, even though well, sports bring his, money. It wasn't his policy, Joe. That was the Blasio. It wasn't. No, so but he could have changed, changed it when he was in power. No, he did change no. it. No, he changed it now. He, he remember he because Major League because because Major League coming back. Well, he he's, only, like, he's only a few months into his term, so he did a lot. Yeah, but, but look, so it's not. Yeah, like, but look, but you know, look, look what not his fault. But look what he, but look what it took for him to change it. It took sports, which sports is a very powerful thing, but I'm just saying you should reinstate the fucking people that lost their jobs first. No, no, no. What he did first, what he did first was he stopped, he he allowed everyone to go to the restaurants um, that didn't have to show their cards and um, Mm -hmm. and to the Barclays Center. He did that first. That's what he did first. Yeah, but what should have been done first? But what should have been done first was reinstate people that kept well, New York running. We don't know if he's going to do that or not. We don't know if he's going to do that. No, but yet. that should have been the first thing that was done. But then again, but then you got to look at it like this: the people that did get it, that was forced to get it, that did get it, then he they're going to be mad too, and so they're going to it's going to be a lawsuit against both ways because people that was that, that took it that didn't want to take it that was forced to, or they was or they was going to lose their job. You know, some people died yeah. on their swords. Some people took their sword, picked their swords up. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. either way, people are not going to be happy. You know, There's a lot of people that got forced to do it that didn't yeah, want to. Yeah, do I got, it. I got, I got forced to do it. All right, so, but I'm happy I did it though. 
I, I do think one of the things where where you know from a political perspective, if he was if he was playing his cards right and he had the right people around him, as he as he came out to announce bringing back this this you know this plainclothes unit, I would have done the announcement of rolling back all of these vaccine mandates at the same time to soften the blow, just from a pure political perspective, right? So being in D.C., obviously, you, you know, you kind of see a lot of how this shit works. And he's not obviously not a career politician, but but I would have rolled both of these things out at the same damn time to, to soften the blow on that, because he got a huge blowback on, obviously, all of the police stuff that, that he had come out and announced. And then now you do this today or, you know, a couple of days ago uh, to announce this. And then so I, I think it was a miscalculation and, and, and bad advice uh, from his political advisors around him on how he should have rolled this out. But nonetheless, to your point, this wasn't his policy. Um, he did say during his press conference that the numbers look right. And, it, you know, he thinks that now is the time to do it. That's what he kind of based his decision off of. Right, wrong, going different. That's what he said. And 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 that's what we're doing moving forward. So we'll see what the Brooklyn Nets can do. Uh, see how much shit talking we'll get from Ryan Barnes and, and about his Brooklyn Nets. And uh, hopefully they do something, because if not, you gonna hear it, Mr. Boss. All right. Um, let's move on to the topics for the day. Um, so President Biden during his um his news conference yesterday stated that um the the world will experience a food food shortage due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um Ryan Boss, when you hear that, what do you think? First of all, Brooklyn Nets is getting out the East, and whoever in the West is going to contend against them, they're going to tear them up. But uh, as far as, you know, the food shortage, I believe, you know what I mean, it's possible, you know what I mean, that we will have a food shortage. And, you know what I mean, it's going to be like one of those that, you know, we might have not ever seen before because of the fact that, you know, it's already you know what I mean, been inflation of the food prices without the war. So now with the war, you know what I mean, I believe it may double or triple, you know what I mean, the the prices of food. And of course, food shortages because like they, like we was uh, previously talking about Russia and Ukraine is the number one uh, providers or I should say uh, makers of wheat. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? If we ain't got wheat, that's a that's a lot of things. And I, me personally, I'm diabetic, so I have to, you know, eat wheat. I can't eat regular, you know, uh, bread or pasta or whatever the case may be because that boosts my sugar levels. You feel me? So it it it, it really affects a lot of things and a lot of people. And that's my take. Okay, Mr. Wallace, your thoughts? Um, I think that, <laughs> I think, I think, you know, I don't know if it's a hundred percent honest, but yes, I think that we're going to be spending a lot more money for the basic necessities. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just gotta, you know, it's just going to be a different, a different life. I think people need to are going to have to, you know, prioritize differently. Um, just because, I mean, just between gas and food alone in the past two months, I mean, look, look at what we've been through. You know what I mean? And it's only going to get worse. So, uh, 
yeah, we're gonna have to get get used to a new reality. That's what I think. Please correct, Joe. Um, I mean, it's the, this this is the price of war, right? This is what war brings. War brings less food, higher prices. This is just the history of war. So war, but you know, what that does is it, it, it will probably force America to stop outsourcing everything, right? Even though you need other countries and you need that communication, but we need to start like, we depend on other countries too much for, for everything. And we need to bring some of the jobs and keep the, the jobs here in America. And, and when you depend on other countries, this is what happens. So we need to stop outsourcing, bring the jobs back here to, you know, and that, that was, and so we could have jobs. So we could probably, but they scared of like, they don't want to pay. Nobody wants to pay. And I keep saying it, it's greed. Nobody wants to pay. And when you don't want to pay and you want shit cheaper, this is the outcome. So I think this is just going to be a time where everything could, you know, like I said, it's never a bad um, economy, right? It's just like war and, and hard times make millionaires. So this is going to be an opportunity where we could probably start growing more wheat, you know, start, start investing in America, start investing in the people, right? And, and, and saving is really bad right now. Like it doesn't even make sense to start saving money with this inflation happening. Cause you know, this is what happened when money is not backed by gold and we outsource everything. This is what you're gonna get. So it's just gonna give us the time to reorganize and 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 and, and you know make, balance out everything, make sure every you know, it, it could be better. It's gonna be worse in the beginning, but it could end up being better for us make us more independent so can i um can i retort to that or you want mm -hmm. to uh i i think that's that's um that's a very optimistic solution is just to invest in us because it, it's there's too many variables involved you know like Okay, cool. We should grow wheat here, right? I totally agree with mm -hmm. that. Should grow wheat locally, right? But mm -hmm. it's more economical to outsource it, right? So meaning, all right, cool. We can pay our farmers here. You know, we can split out. You know, a hundred million between all of them to not grow wheat, right? And then we'll spend another hundred million importing the wheat we need, right? And we mm -hmm. may afford to do that. But if we give $200 million and spread it throughout our farmers to grow their wheat here, that may not be enough to cover the cost of everything they need to grow the wheat, to cover the cost of the workers and the hands they'll need to grow the wheat, uh, to cover the cost of whatever electrical company or whatever, you know, the other, the other mouths that need to be fed in order to do that in this country because everything is so expensive. Right, so it's like shit for for a hundred farmers to grow wheat for us outside the country. You know, this hundred million dollars may get us, you know, five hundred thousand bushels of wheat. Where in America, that same two hundred million will get us 
you know, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand bushels a week. You so what you're saying yeah. is, so what you're saying is, like, the billionaires should continue to be billionaires and have enough money for their great, 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 great grandkids so they could have gold toilets and shit instead of feeding the people, and not pay taxes. You know what? You know what, Joe? I'm not gonna say what I'm thinking, okay? But I'm just, I'm gonna say that. I'm a man and I use the words that I use. And I don't think any of those words came out of my mouth, brother. No, but my thing is this, right? The reason why, what the, the, what, when America was like number one in, in, in everything, right? And, and we was the cotton producers, um, mm-hmm. wheat producers, but we, that was slavery. That was during slavery, when the, 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 the slave, right. where you had free labor. So free labor right. is what made America number one and people, became rich and rich. That's why you had the most richest people was was was, was created during the slave the, during slave era. Okay. That's when America was was booming, right? And and then it fell back with, with the um and then we had the um when we started invent like creating cars during the 1920s before the Great Depression. America was booming. That's what but America always boomed when we had businesses here. And the wealth gap got so crazy between the rich and the and the, even the middle class. It's, it's it's ridiculous. So maybe these guys do need to take a pay cut and 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 invest more in the people that live here. That's all I'm saying. Well, we the thing to. is, Joe, I mean, a lot of but a lot of things change. You know what I mean? Like on those times, there are also a lot of other different variables. I mean, people started wanting different jobs. They didn't want to be factory workers anymore, right? We started aspiring to to more to more of the American dream, right? Um, real estate became big, right? In the 80s, the 70s and 80s, that's when New York was built, right? It wasn't like that in the 60s. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, like all of those things come into play too. You think your Con Ed bill back in the 70s is the same as it is today? No, these motherfuckers is pushing it is, is to the brink. So they need more money so they can afford more things to power up the but we have enough money. It's just we have too much growth. No, no, we don't There's have too much money. money. That's the whole problem. Our money isn't worth what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the whole problem. Because it's not backed by gold. But if the farmers here, right, and they have to pay for the gas, for the trackage, and for all the other equipment that they need, and the fertilizer, everything, everything in the hands that they need to work the farm in America to pay American salaries and to pay American prices, that is going to cost too much. That's what I'm saying. A lot of things have to change in order for us to, to be able to do that. I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's a good idea. But it's not just a simple fact of, okay, well, let's just take this agricultural budget and just increase it. because that, That's not going to work. You need to change how it's structured because we're not going to get the same yield. But we need to, but yes, and I understand what you're saying. But the thing is, nobody needs and then, when, but you got like Jeff Bezos, and I mean, you don't need this much money. And then you're not getting taxed on this money, right? Because taxes is the weapon used by the by the rich. No, but you know what, Joe? To I stay think, rich, taxes and and. Let me ask you something, yeah. man. Are there more millionaires with 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 you know just bundles of cash sitting around in this country, or are there more people who are just trying to make it? There's more people trying to make it. Okay, so why don't we focus on those people? Since those are the real people that are living the everyday lives that we are actually we don't we don't live Jeff Bezos' life. We don't his reality, we, we don't know. You know what I mean? That's not something we're ever gonna have real access to until we get to that level. 
So we, I can't talk about his decision. That's like us talking about Will and Jada, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, if I don't fuck every bitch in the industry, would I care? No, but it's me, it's Justin Wallace, the man who has to fuck any bitch in the industry. Yeah, it's bad for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that nigga got 11, you know, him spending a dollar is like us spending $10,000. Yeah, I'm not living in that man world. No, but what I'm saying is, I mean, and more and, people living like me out here than it is living like him. So why don't I focus on on that? You tell me, Jeff going to size ain't going to solve the problem. No, I'm not talking about him, but it's it's a lot like him. And like I'm saying, all the jobs are, 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 are we don't invest enough in in in, in health care. We don't invest enough in education. We don't invest enough in. in Making America jobs, we don't invest like all the car factories that we was that everybody wanted. All the jobs, Detroit was one of the biggest manufacturer of cars. Every factory was there. That's why it was a you know everybody was in Detroit. They took all those factories and 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 California. They took all those factories and outsourced it. Why? Because it's cheaper. Exactly. But then your people are suffering. The violence is going to go up. Everything is they're going to have a dumb. I mean, you know, it's 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 but the, the wealth, the, 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 the poverty level has, has, has risen since then. That's why there's so much violence. It's, it's a lot of violence in the poorest communities. And it's a lot of poor communities. Okay. So, all right. So just based on what you just said, Joe, you know I mean, we went from, from factories to poverty to violence, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So there, there's more than one variable, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, just just throwing money at a problem, and that ain't gonna fix it. Yeah, the, we need to change a lot of, of the way things are done in order to start well, investing in this country seriously. Well, yeah, but we need so we should start with the education, right? Because even one thing with the education is when the, the schools was created to 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 make us factory workers. Right, it was it wasn't meant to teach us how to be entrepreneurs, and it wasn't taught to us to be rich. That's what that's not what school was invented for. Only the one percent that who attend school that's what it was meant for. They learn about taxes. They learn about all this stuff. We wasn't taught that. We was taught to be factory workers. So what's the point of teaching us to be factory workers if there's no factories to work in? If there's no jobs, if the schools are teaching us bullshit, right? They, maybe they need to teach us taxes, finance, and shit that could actually help us in real life. To, to, to lessen the, the wealth gap. Or, or we should be learning more technology courses because that, that's what the world is, 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 is heading to. But we're not being taught the right things, right? So you have to have people who actually want to learn about these things and want to take it further. Well, you know, Joe. I don't, I don't have to answer. I mean, I mean I you, you keep talking about, like, every, every all your retorts is like you bring up this 1%, right? And, you know, I feel you. I feel you. But the real 1%, you, you, don't, you don't mention. Nobody knows them people. Because that's not who people emulate, right? We, we talk about the Teslas and the Bezoses because they come, their, their origins were, were reachable to where our origins are. Right, like it's imaginable to see me starting from somewhere like that to make billions, right? Like the Jay Z's, right? Like it's it's imaginable 
that I can start in the same or somewhere similar or somewhere, you know, close enough to with to their starting point and I can make millions. We're not talking about the Rockefellers, right? We're not talking about, you know, the people that own Walmart, right? Or we're not talking about the people that own Comcast, right? These are still private companies making billions and billions of dollars actually, you know, voting on legislation for the land, right? We're talking about Amazon because that's a real you know what I mean? So, and they were taught in the same public schools we were taught in. So not really. Do you want to learn more? Are you interested in chasing your goals and explore and expanding your mind? Or are you interested in that piece of ass you saw in class earlier? Or, you know, trying to hit a quick lick and be cool with the boys. You know what I mean? What you know what I mean, what's your motivation? Because you got people like Arthur Ashe, grew up very poor, became rich at, at a younger age, but his earlier ages were very poor. He's one of the world-renowned economists, black guy, millions of dollars. He came from humble beginnings, but he wasn't out there in them streets. No, he was in the books. And that's what a lot of us don't do. If you're just gonna give, if you're just gonna take what they give you in public school, then you're gonna get what everybody else gets that takes what they what they give you in public school. But to say that there haven't been success stories based on, and I and I agree with you, we need to change the educational system. But mm-hmm. yeah, we train to be robots, but that's how that but that's like those are the people, the people that shine through that, the people that come through that and, and make you know great success, those are the, those are the success stories, those are our other heroes of the people. Because, yo, you were able to come out of this fucking condition training and do something spectacular. Yeah, but that's one out of how many? But that's what makes it spectacular. But what I'm saying is it could be more, but it could be more common if they change the education. Oh, these motherfuckers made it out of shit. So now to villainize them for doing that? Nah, I, I just don't agree with that. I'm not saying villainize them, right? But I'm saying, but if you change the educational system, if you just like, I feel like the basic things that we should, America should provide is free healthcare and free education. Like we're like the only Western, like first power nations that doesn't provide free healthcare, free education. Public right? school is free. Huh? Public school is free, right? I mean, higher education should be free too. But that's a choice. But it should be free. It used to be free. But it's a choice. But it's, I know it's a choice, but it should be a free choice. It's it, you should want you should be pushing your citizens to want to be more, right? Like now, if if my well, my daughter she wants to go to school, right? Mm-hmm. We have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Not everybody could afford that, especially if you got the rent going up. Everything is so high. How could you afford to to pay for healthcare? How could you afford to to pay for education. Okay, I'm but, just saying it, we just need to okay, readjust so everything. Saying, so what you're saying is, yo, we need to change the educational system. But while we're not, I mean, we, I'm gonna depend on it for my success. I know it's hard. Need, it's, you know, it's like, like it's conditioned so I don't become successful. But I'm mad that you're not letting me depend on it for my success. No, we need to change the system too and the curriculum. The curriculum <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> No, 
but we need to check with we need but education we need basic like we need to like i said we need to change the curriculum we need to have like more finance classes more classes about taxes more classes about like being wealthy and it needs to be free well but, but, but see that's what you agree but that's that's you that's you because you want to play with money and, and we need to tax people who need to be taxed. Everybody should pay. Everybody should pay their fair share. Huh? Everybody should pay their fair share in taxes. And we need to create. And and that's the thing. It's like McDonald's, right? McDonald's they, and Target. They had to raise the minimum wage, but they fought. They fired everybody and created fucking um the, the self checkouts, right? Okay. That's why I never use them. I never use them. No, but they, no, it's no. always a, it's always an answer. You know, it's it's. it's Joe, let me give you a scenario. Let me give you a scenario. All right. You live in you live at home with your wife, right? Mm-hmm. How many kids do I got? Five. Five kids. All right, cool. What, what's the what's the youngest one? How old are they? Six. What's Two, the oldest? Twenty-one. All right. So you're six and twenty-one. Um so it's you and your wife, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that y'all pay the bills and supply the food, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the room and board is covered. You got a roof over your head, the light turns on, and there's light. You turn the faucet and there's water. You go to the fridge and there's food. That's that's you and your wife. Y'all do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Does your six-year-old get an allowance? No. Okay. Do they, does he work? Or she work? No. 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 So their, their whole dependence is based on you and your wife. Okay, okay. Do any of the children work? No. The twenty the twenty-one year old, she had she got she do little seasonal jobs, but we basically take care of because she's in school. She's a full-time student. Okay. So they don't contribute nothing to the house. No. But I'm sure they got like living money. You know what I'm saying? Like they gotta get something to eat on, you know, when they're out there or whatever, they go hang out, go to the movies with their friends, whatever. They got a little little pocket cash, right? Yeah, we gotta yeah, we gotta give fucking cash. Yeah, I give the two oldest allowances. Oh, so that's supplied by you too? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Do you get any outside help? Like does you know your mom, your 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 girlfriend's mom, like, hey, take a kid out today, here's $50, or you know, breakfast on me, whatever. Does, does that nope. nope. Never. So you get no help. Nope. I okay. help. I, I don't get help. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we're gonna say. You and your wife, right? You provide, I'm going to say 98% because I just want to give 2% to, to your family, right? I'm just going to give that to them. But y'all provide 98% of the room, board, food, and living expenses for the two of you and for five extras, right? Mm-hmm. But since they really have 2% of the burden, we are going to tax them 38% of whatever they make, right? Because that needs to go back into the household. And if I'm understanding you correctly, your argument is that, hey, you need to tax me and my wife 38% as well. Because we're the part of the 1% that control all the money. Is, is that what you're saying? Think of thinking of your household as a country. 
that, yo, the people that give the most, that supply the most to the most people should be taxed the same as the people they're supplying those things to? Is that what you're saying? My kids don't work. Okay. A lot of people, a lot of people on welfare don't work. Half the country's unemployed right now, but they should pay the same taxes as, as if you're unemployed. You can't like if if, if, if like the kids, the kids, the kids, but the kids are my responsibility. That's my responsibility. So I have to take care of them. Oh, this is all America. This is all America. Yeah, but, but your house are, is America. Yeah, everybody in the in the in the country is America's responsibility. They're all American citizens. Yes. Yes. So you're saying that. The money that I'm taking from these people already, right? This, this, you know, the top 15% of earners in this country, I'm already taking their money every month and giving it to the people who don't have jobs and giving it to the to the programs that help people in, in needy situations. And so you're saying at the end of the year, even though I'm taking all this money all year and, and helping everybody that needs it, I need to tax them the same rate that I'm taxing the people that I'm helping. No, that that doesn't. No, that doesn't. That doesn't equate to what's going on. That's. But that's what you're saying. No, that's like. Well, no, that's not how America runs. America will run like I own the house. It's my house. All the people that live here works. They pay all the bills, and I no. pay nothing, and I still collect money. From no, them. that's not no, how it works. Not how that is not how, that's not how America works. That's not how America works. And you, growing up in the hood, know that's not how America works. A lot of people are on government assistance. So it's not like they have jobs and they're paying all the bills. No. But they the middle have, class pays that. The middle jobs. class, the middle, but the, the middle class pay taxes. They have everybody jobs. always say the federal money. Pay. Yeah, but federal money is from the middle class, not the, the, the top one percent. When they and and like I said, when it's just the one percent and the top people, like they shouldn't get bailed out. Right, they shouldn't get bailed out because if they don't pay taxes, how you use taxpayers' money to bail people out? When they say federal money, I don't think people realize that's taxpayers' money. That's people who pay taxes. I don't. And yeah, and yeah, you you hire me, you hire, but you hire the you hire the people to work for you. But how much money are you making off those people? The rich people don't work. They sit behind a desk. The the more money you have, the less you work. But I think you're the wrong way, though. I don't. I don't think it's it's about how much money you're paying to take care of people versus how much money you're making because you are taking care of people as the head of an organization, as the head of a CEO, as a president, as a governor. You're paid to take care of people. That's yeah. your job. That's your responsibility is to push out. And so I think, to, you know, to Mr. Wallace's point is, should I be taxed at 75% for taking care of people and those people that I take care of they should be taxed uh, the same way, or the, the CEO should be taxed the same way of those people that he or she is taking care of. Yes, because they, they're not taking care of anybody. Everybody's working. But they Everybody's are taking care of work. Where are you working? You're working for my company. So I'm taking care of you and your family. But you're making money. So what? You're so making are you. money. So are you. Exactly. And that's why everybody should be taxed. Everybody's making money. Everybody should pay their fair share. So you know, look to to bring it down a little bit. It's the guy that you get your supply from. <laughs> he makes more money than you should because he's supplying it to you to help you make money. But everybody should pay pay their fair share. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying tax them seventy five percent. 
if you want to text the, 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 the working class people 10%, then you text everybody who's bringing money 10%. It'll work better. Like, that it be. And then, and then when the 1% run out of money or the, or the, the boss run out of money, you use the taxpayers' money that we earn and you're taking damn near half my paycheck and you give it back to the people that don't pay taxes. It doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense the way this economy is run, Joe, because if no, it makes sense for the politicians' pockets. If they didn't bail out the, the employer, you wouldn't have a job. Your neighbor wouldn't have a job. Your, your, the people, of course, in the next neighborhood wouldn't have jobs. So what's the better solution? To leave all these people fucking homeless or, yo, just bail this motherfucker out so he can keep paying these people? Well, because we people can't pay rent. That's a, that's a whole lot of landlords, right? It's more than just this one person that's that's bankrupt. It's a whole fucking hundreds of thousands of people and different business, other businesses that are going to be affected. Why would you spill that poison in? Take care of the I mean, they, person so they close so they, they close all the factories so the grocery store can stay open, so the so the the local fire department can stay open, so the local police department can stay like all of these shit goes into you know where you live at. If nobody in your community is making money, the people at the grocery store out of business. Your local barber out of business. The hair salons out of business. Everyone out of business. Your local record store out of business. Your local clothing store out of business because nobody got no money. So I'd rather keep the head honcho fat so he can keep paying y'all so y'all can keep paying these people so everybody can keep paying their bills. I, I still can't agree with that. Everybody should pay their fair share. But All right. And I know that's the capital. I know that's the capital. I know that's the capitalist way, but it does. You should pay your fair share. No, we got straight off a topic. I, I know, man. Off the topic for a long time. <laughs> so, 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 so let me tell you, the Jay Russia, the, the the Russia, the, the president's comments, right on, on the food shortage. I mean, it's kind of ties into the conversation you guys were just having. Um, it's it's not really a direct impact to America. Um, because Russia and the Ukraine only produce about 25% of the global wheat supply in, in the world. Uh, and neither one of those countries uh, export directly to the United States. But what he was doing was applying pressure, right? Because to, to, to your point, Mr. Wallace, of paying more taxes, what, what President Biden is saying, the U.S. doesn't need to pay more. You guys have it. We've fed you the money. Uh, and so now you guys in Europe in particular need to open up and, and produce more, right? There's no expectation for us to, to, to incur a food shortage here at home. Where, where he's really looking at is those countries that are over in Europe uh, that, will, that will really fill this pinch. And so, you know, uh, you know basically what he's telling these guys are is to, to get rid of some of those, those restrictions that you've had on uh, on people importing and exporting out to the country. And then you guys need to produce a little bit more uh, so that this does not impact the European economy because the European economy does help drive the American economy a little bit as well. Um, but, you know, you do anticipate energy, fertilizer, wheat, corn, like that's what they produce a ton of over there. And so, you know, you do expect to see those prices go up. But what he's telling these guys are just open it up. Uh, open it up, produce more, stop relying on the Russian economy. You're not going to be able to get anything from the Ukraines as long as this war is going on. And you guys need to be a little bit more uh, savvy um, in, in doing this. And, that, and that's what he was essentially trying to say. I don't think he articulated it well enough. 
um, because it does. I think when I looked at futures today, it, the market will open tomorrow, probably down by 20. But you know they've come back around and tried to tried to clean it up a little bit. But at the end of the day, what he's telling these European nations is you guys got to do your part as well, right? You know we're doing our part from a military perspective, weapons, blah blah blah. But you guys need to help with this uh, to alleviate some of the pressure that's going on over there right now. And I think that that's not where uh, President Biden was was going with with his comments that he made. He's not the most articulate president we've had in this nation. Uh, because he's pretty raw at points at some points in time, but that that's essentially what what he was trying to trying to get at when he talked to the G7 increase and then disseminate, and that's really what he was saying because it shouldn't be on us as Americans because we are the CEOs and the head honchos of this organ of the organization. I'm not going to pay more. You need to pay more. I've paid you. You need to produce. All right, okay, Boogie. All right, so let's move on. Um, homelessness in America. All right, United States population over 327 million. The homeless population is half a million, 500,000. Uh, New York, New York State, uh, 92,000 homelessness. Um, state of Georgia, 10,000 homeless. North Carolina, 9,000 homelessness. Uh, state of Virginia, 5,000 homeless, close to 6,000. Um, California leads um, all states with 151,000 um, homeless population. Um, so with those numbers, Rod, Ryan Boss, um, when you hear those numbers about homelessness in, in the United States, what comes to your mind? It's, it's surprising. I mean, you know, we being the greatest country in the world to have so many homeless people and I, I really what surprised me was California like I know they got you know that uh what is it, Skids Row where they got all the homeless people out there and they they thriving out there homeless you know what I mean they making their money you know what I mean they doing you know the barter system out there and they just living but uh it's crazy, you know what I mean, that we have so many homeless people in the U.S., you know what I mean, right now. Like, homelessness should have been something that was taken care of a long time ago. And uh, we have so much land in the United States that's not being used that could be used for the homeless in every state, you know what I mean? But yet, it's not being used, you know what I mean? And I think that's, you know... The, the politics, you know what I mean, that that come with it is like the the people that are ahead of these states in the countries, instead of, you know what I mean, relying on shelters and putting the homeless people in shelters, they should <clears throat> try to educate these people on becoming landowners, you know what I mean, and try to get them to own their own Instead of, you know what I mean, just giving them food, giving them uh, free money or whatever the case may be. And that's my take on that. All right. Jay Boogie, your thoughts? My bad, brother. Um, I, I tell you, I think it's, it is, uh, it's tragic uh, to see 
the homelessness uh, across the country. Um, obviously, I've been fortunate enough to, to travel a lot around the country, uh, America and abroad. And I, I do think it's, it is tremendous uh, what you do see. But what I would tell you is when you, when you think about those numbers that you said, if I heard them right, uh, you look at, and this, this does play back into politics of, of what uh, Ryan Bars just said. When you look at some of these liberal states, uh, the numbers are astronomically through the roof. And then when you look at some of these states that are controlled by Republicans, the numbers are really not that high because they do, they do tend to focus on cleaning up their streets in order to try and keep crime down. Um, but, but I'd also know that, you know, from a, from a pure military perspective, um, there are a ton, a ton of homeless veterans uh, that went through a lot and didn't really have the right resources. And the government really did not take care of them uh, when they came out because they all, most of them came out with, with problems from, from post-traumatic stress, uh, seeing things, Vietnam, Gulf War, and now the Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, we're, we're about 20 years removed from this now. And I was asked about five years ago, you know, what my biggest fear would be five years from now. And I, and I said, my biggest fear would be uh, homelessness amongst veterans across the country writ large um, because of the things that people went through. They did four years, five years and got out of the military with really no benefits of, 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 any, of, of anything, any sorts at all. Um, but obviously, you know, outside of the military, drugs is a problem in America, right? I mean, I had a job in the military for four years I spent a lot of time from Miami going south into the Caribbean and South America and Central America and tracing and chasing drugs. Um, and that region of the world, for as long as there is a demand in America for these drugs, the supply will continue to come. And these guys are very witty, uh, understanding how to get those drugs to America to continue to feed. And, and once you feed this problem, you will continue to see the homelessness uh, continue to rise. It is, it is a tremendous problem. We don't put enough uh, effort, the governors don't, uh, because this is something that the president can't control, but governors and mayors of, of states and cities can control, and it is their responsibility to control it. Uh, they do get the money and they do get the funding from the federal government, but understanding how the budget process works in states, if I allocate you, for instance, just say, hypothetically speaking, $100, and I say, I want you to put $100 towards homelessness, well, you as the governor can now get that money because you put it in your budget request to the government and said you wanted $100 to fight homelessness. And then you can get that money and then you move it into something else, what you seen or what you deem to be a little bit more important, like, you know, roads or whatever you, whatever you choose to. So a lot of times the money is sent to these states and the heads of these states and cities and counties and municipals, they don't take the money and use it for what it's worth. To, uh, what it's supposed to be used for. A lot of it's used uh, for, for little pet rock projects that, that he or she may have uh, within a state. This is not a, this is not a federal, I mean, the federal government is a problem for them, but it's really controlled at the state and local level. And people that are elected to these seats have to really focus on it. I, I read an article the other day uh, that said the mayor of New York was looking to like start removing tent cities and, and getting these people in shelters. Well, if it was that easy, like why hasn't this been done before? And then the question is, do you have the space as we we build we build things and infrastructure in these big cities? Are they really built to get these people off the streets? And really, 
even once we get them off the streets, what are we doing once we get them off the streets? Are we helping them? Are we educating them? Are we, do we have the resources, psych doctors, this doctor, that doctor? Like, do we have the resources allocated against the problem uh, in order to try and help um, get this deficit down? Because it's only rising more and more. It's, it, it's not going down uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And so I, I do think the onus is on, on uh, governors and mayors uh, of this problem. All right, Mr. Wallace, your thoughts. Um, you know, while you guys are talking, I'm just sitting here looking through the numbers. It is, um, it's sad, man. I mean, you know, we have to find a way to get people employed. And this is the problem. And this is the problem, you know, to our, my earlier conversation, when, when companies don't have money, this is what happens. I mean, they can't give people jobs. And when people don't have jobs, we got, look at, I mean, look at these numbers, man. It's like, yo, this is not, I mean, it's scary, man. It's scary. Um, I mean, we're all, you know, pretty grown men now, but we've all lived life. You understand how it is when, you know, you have to think of what you're going to eat tomorrow or tonight. And, you know, when you know where the next man is coming from, uh, so it's just a different perspective on life. It's a different approach to life. And there's a lot of people out here right now who don't know where the next meal is coming from. And that's how they're thinking. And that's how they're approaching life in the next situation. And that's not safe. Um, that's not safe. So, yeah, I mean, it's worried. You know, it, it's troubling. I'm definitely concerned. I do think, and I, before you move on, uh, Hawkeye, real quick, I, to your point about the safety, uh, that's a huge problem. And, and we just, uh, from a from a law enforcement perspective, there was a lot of, there were killings of, of homeless, of homeless men and women uh, over the past week, week and a half, uh, where this guy went into New York, he killed about four homeless people, came back to DC, killed four more homeless people, purely because they were on the streets. And, you know, there, there are people that are, that are not sane um, that, that, that view those folks as, as a threat um, or they just purely heinous and just want to get rid of them off of the streets. And so to your point of safety, that, that is also a problem of, you know, not only for the folks that are homeless that, that could potentially not be in their right mind because they are homeless of where they are, but there are also folks that are homeless because of situations and then there are people in this world that are very sadistic and they don't like seeing these people out on the streets and they do heinous things to them. And so I, I think that's a valid, valid point as far as safety of getting these folks off the street, getting them help, getting them in the right situation, because there are people that think they want to take these matters into their own hands uh, and getting these people off the streets. And that's just not safe at all. Fully correct, Joe, your thoughts. My man Tupac says they got money for war but can't feed the poor, right? So this is what I think should happen. Um, we should get rid of all the unions, right? And make it like seven-year-olds, six-year-olds could work in factories again. So the, the, the billionaires and the, the corporation owners could bring the jobs back into the state, right? And we just like get like 
Bronx or something, and you just bring all the people there and take away the unions and just let them work the shit out of them seven days a week, 24 hours a fucking day. And, and so they could feel safe and bring the jobs back so we could boost the economy and they could at least have a hut to live in. Because that's the only way, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's how I see it. Because that's, that's, that's the only way they bring the jobs back. If you have slavery or, <laughs> if you have slavery or you have non-union workers that, that the corporations can just like work the shit out of people and then the corporations be like, yeah, and they'd be trillionaire, $10 trillion in the bank. That's the only way to, to, to kill it. Joe, you just went left. I don't know what the hell you was talking about just now, but boy, oh boy. That, that's the way it brings, listen, the corporations, it's greed, bro. It's, it's greed is the reason why there's so much homelessness. Greed is the reason, bro. And the only way these corporations and people feel safer not hiding their money in the, in the Cayman Islands and all that shit is if they could have free race to whatever the fuck they want in America and then they bring the jobs back. And then when people start working, I guess well, I don't know the, the price will go back. All right. All right. Ryan Boss, two questions. One, um, what do you think what do you think is the number one cause of homelessness? And one, how would you fix it? Well, <clears throat> number one thing is education. You know what I mean? We need our kids educated from from day one. You know what I mean? When they in kindergarten, you know what I mean? To let them know, you know what I mean? The essentials of life. You know what I mean? We take we teach them math. That's cool. We teach them science, social studies, and all of that. But we need to teach them more about life and, and what's to come after they, you know, leave school, you know what I mean? And, and you know, just teach them about real life, you know what I mean? We, we might teach them about home ec and, and, you know, try to keep them fit with physical education, but we need to broaden their minds, you know what I mean? And let them know that it's gonna be hard out there for them, you know what I mean? Once they out there, so they, they need to pay attention, you know what I mean, to everything that they're being taught in school. And not only that, they need to learn on their own what's not being taught in school. You understand what I'm saying? That's my take. How do you fix it? Like I said, just by, you know what I mean, the, the, the people that are teaching in these schools being more broad about you know what I mean what they're teaching you know what I mean because it, it could be math but they could talk about how you know what I mean like we just talked about the the population and and, and that the ratio of the population versus the homelessness you know what I mean we could bring the realness of this not only of this world but more specifically this country into the educational system and then that will bring, you know, the the education that we need to succeed in life after school and after college or wherever you, you know what I mean, whatever you may go, you know what I mean, after you finish and get your diploma, it, 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 it whether it be in the workforce or in college, you're going to succeed more because J Boogie. 
Oh, Ryan, go ahead, Ryan. You back? Yeah, my fault. Yeah, my, my daughter was calling me. But, uh, yeah, so... She need to stop calling me. I feel like if we were educated on how to, you know what I mean, first, you know what I mean, credit, you know what I mean, having good credit, that's a good thing that, to have. A lot of people that's homeless, you know what I mean, they probably messed up their credit, got in debt real quick when they was young, and, you know what I mean, messed up their lives with credit, because credit is a is a really big thing, you know what I mean, when you're growing up and after you're out of school, you know what I mean, that's credit, and that's number one. Savings and investments, you know what I mean, you, you, you got to be educated on that too, and that's things that is not being taught in schools, you know what I mean, you, you learn that after you're out of school, you know what I mean, so like I said, from kindergarten up, you know what I mean? These things should be instilled in our children. You know what I mean? So it'll be easier for them to, like, it won't be a surprise to them, you know what I mean? When they see principals, you know what I mean? On their house, you know what I mean? Or they see uh, that they got to pay taxes on their house and, 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 they, and they get back equity and stuff like that. They should learn, they should know about these things before they actually become homeowners. You know what I mean? That's my take on that. All right. Jay Boogie, what is some question? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jay Boogie. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You say it again? I was gonna say, what are some factors in um making people homeless and how do you fix it? So I do think um exposure to things uh, growing up as a kid um is a factor. I think um, lack of education is a factor. Um, I do think social media is a factor. The internet is a factor. Um, there are things that are at our children's fingertips today that we did not have. I mean, again, we wanted to call a girl growing up as a kid, man. We had, you know, 75 cents and we was at that corner phone trying to see if she was available, right? Today, kids have the, uh, they have the ability to just get on a smartphone and make a call, but they also have the ability to just Google and see things. And it intrigues these young kids, men and women, it intrigues their mind uh, because the ability to access the internet and social media and, and et cetera is a problem. It is a gift and a curse. There's no doubt about it. I think, you know, I don't know where this world will be without it, um, but I also know that there are a lot of problems of it. Propaganda. Fault, you know, fake news, so to speak, um, you know, false, false, average, false things that are put out there. A lot of these things like kids have the ability to get to at school, at home, talking to people. I mean, that, that is a problem. Right. And so you can't cut it off because it is a good thing. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, the first and foremost of, of trying to get after this problem uh, is, is, a, is being a mother and a father and being present at home and educating your kids, right? As much as we wanna, we need, we do need our education system changed, um, but we know that's probably one of the most bureaucratic things that we will probably never see changed uh, because there's a lot of money involved in that. There's a lot of interest groups involved in it, um, but I think eventually they will do it. But we have a responsibility as well um, as parents to, to make sure that we are leading our kids in the right direction at least giving them all the tools available to them to make sure that they succeed. They will ultimately make decisions on their own. But if we're not involved, uh, you know, you gotta be present in, in, in the physical with your, with your kids 
and we we do play a big role in that to, to make sure that we can encourage them and then being positive role models for them to make sure that they know like hey you know mom or dad or whomever it is uh they they are doing you know what's right by by us you know giving me a good life um etc cetera, etc cetera. again you know the influences where you grow up uh in, inside of neighborhoods um th those are critically important as well and you can't you know you don't want to overprotect your kids because you take away a, a skill um from from your son or daughter um that they really do need to grow up to be able to navigate through problems um but you also do have to do your best to try and protect them not overprotect them um, and i think that's one of those to me the biggest point the biggest part is um you know being involved being present uh, and being that that positive person that that your son or daughter needs all right mr wallace what are some factors that contribute to homelessness and how do you fix it? Um, well, most of the factors that contribute to homelessness are really like, um, like personal, right? Like uh, outside of, you know, someone falling ill or, you know, becoming handicapped or something like that, um, which you can't help. But even in those situations, you know, it, it's like um, it, it's it's become a product of of the new American way, right? Like everybody's so individualistic right now, they don't have relationships. You know, I mean, looking back on my life, you know, just listening to people talking and, and thinking about it, thinking about the question, I've had to lay on my homie's couch couch a couple times. You know what I mean? And I've had homies have to lay on my couch. Um, and if I wasn't there for them, you know, who knows where they would have been? On the street, homeless. You know what I mean? And now people don't have those relationships and then that encouraged to build those relationships. Um, I think that's a huge factor, I think. Um, I think definitely lack of education, but I also think, you know, to Joe's point earlier, how we're conditioned to kind of work in the system, the lack of encouragement to go, to go beyond. You know, um, I think depending on that system, because it's not built to last, you know, like housing goes up, cost goes up, space goes down. Um, you know, you have to become more competitive. And I feel like um, educating our children and encouraging, and encouraging our children to do just that would be a way to help stop it. Um, and of course, you know, becoming more healthy, uh, I mean, that would just lead to a whole bunch of different things as far as creating new opportunities and new avenues uh, for success in having a home or having somewhere to live. Um, but I think the main thing is the, is the individualistic nature that, that we've um, adapted to where, you know, we don't have people to call on. People are just alone. And when they hit those hard times, they're just alone, you know? Please correct Joe. Um, all right. Greedy corporations, right? Um, and people are living longer lives, bro. At the end of the day, like grandma and grandpa are not dying. People live to 100. So the lifespan is longer. So it's less, and, and you know, we're getting overpopulated. Everybody, that's what Bill Gates a while back was talking about. Like the world is too like is really overpopulated so we have yeah, to find to space point, for all these people you know to that mm -hmm. point, real quick i'm sorry i just feel like it's very important to say because 
you know, we've been talking about, you know, hinting, hinting on this topic for a couple of weeks. And it's like, yo, you know, they, they might, some the powers that be may be pushing, you know, a lot of this um, homosexuality and stuff simply to slow down the population increase. Because, I mean, I remember even 10 years ago, they were talking about that's going to be a problem. So, and now people just ain't, ain't fucking. You know what I mean? Like people ain't fucking. So that that may be, you know, part of part of the the conspiracy. But go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, no. Bill Maher was talking about that too. He said like, um, like what he said. Um, I think forty percent of the population don't even have sex one once a month of the American um, population. So I think the sex is down too. Um, but it's a it's a population issue, right? And and a lot of people are not dying. And and that's part of the reason why the, the housing market is so expensive. We have longer lives. And and you know, and we that's that's the issue. So it's no jobs, overpopulation. It, you know, it, 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 a lot goes into the homeless situation. And and a lot of us are not there's it, no jobs here, right? Even before a lot of people at a high school diploma or junior high school or junior high school diploma. And they had factory jobs because there was jobs here in America, but that's before all the union and stuff like that. So people will, you know, will have it will be a lot of jobs until all that union stuff and and employee right and employee rights came into play. There was a lot of jobs and factories here. As soon as rules and shit was enforced and stuff like that, they took all the jobs and moved it abroad. Just and so you know, where, all of that, all, all just so you know, all of the union stuff was pushed by the left. Yes, it was. Okay, all right. Yes, it was, but that's one of the reasons, right? When the unions came into play, and I guess the corporations were like, "Oh, this is too much money. Our profits are less." They outsourced all the work. So they outsourced all the work. You have people living longer because of modern medicine and technology. Not it is not enough land, you know. You, you build up, but it's not. It's, it's always going to be a problem. Homelessness is always going to be a problem. And hey, yo, but not for nothing. I do remember growing up, seeing a lot of motherfuckers come off work and go straight to the fucking park, or straight to the stoop, or straight to the corner, and chill. One of them motherfuckers, you know, I, used, I used to go to, to fucking Grand Army Plaza. One of them motherfuckers in the library. Library was empty. Big ass library, full of books. Motherfuckers was in there. The motherfuckers was yeah. out on the corner after work. So it was happy but, with fucking factory job. And it was happy, you know, complaining about not getting more because they wasn't pushed to the point where they wanted to do more. I remember that vividly. I remember seeing that a lot. Yeah, but I used to do that before, like, because when I first started working, right, I, I would work, I go to, I go chill with Marlon on the basketball court, play ball, drink Coronas. Friday we do a big with the Hennessy and all that shit, and I did it for years, right? And, and but it's not until like even Mr. Logan, right, that we talk about, like, he sat me down and he he asked me what I'm doing with my life, and he forced me to go back to school. And when I went to school, I had to take business and accounting, right? And I meet people. I'm around. I'm in a, a surrounding where everybody around me always talk about money. 
That's all they talk about. But I was talking about, I was talking to my coworker and we have a group text, right? With me and a bunch of my coworkers and, and a bunch of people I don't know, but everybody in there, they, they, they got bread. And someone would make a, a funny text, right? Nobody would answer. And on this text message, I could show, I could screenshot and show it and send it to y'all. All they talk about is money, different ways to get money, stock market. The list goes on and on. And everybody replies, everybody's engaged. All they talk about is money all day long. And then we have the group text between us. And anytime I put any kind of text about the stock market or anything or housing or anything financially, nobody engages in it, right? But you could put up a, a, a text about somebody fat ass and you see everybody, LOL, oh my God, that's your funniest shit, <laughs> right? And it's so different because like you said, like in my, in my group text with, with niggas that get money, not even niggas, but people that get money, they don't, they don't, they don't want to hear all that funny shit. All they, all they, all they text is about is, is bread, getting money. And then in, in my inner circle where I rock with every day, nobody even watched the fucking videos that I said. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. They don't even know the stock market crash. They, didn't, they don't know any of that shit. But, but Joe, there's a reason for that too. That's because the people uh, in your inner circle understand that there's more to life than money. It's not. That's why you end up homeless. That's why you, when, when and, 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 and I'm gonna tell you something like Robert Kiyosaki, right? And he says it, he says, if you're an entrepreneur and you get money, no matter what kind of state or condition your country is in, it's not gonna affect you, right? It says poor people are affected by a poor economy. But once you think money and you, and you get prepared for it, you always overcome it. Right, and this is what these people on my text message. This is the same mindset that they have. It. They had. They think in ten years ahead. They they tell you know, they 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 show me shit. Yo, and, and, and it's not it's not funny when you're homeless. It's but not you're funny when you broke. Yo, I I remember being broke to the max right. where I couldn't smile. I had headaches every day. You focusing on your wealth will definitely guarantee that you will never be homeless. It will not guarantee that your loved ones won't be homeless. Um or that their loved ones won't be homeless, but it will guarantee that you won't be homeless. It will. No, but that's one thing, that's one thing I do <clears throat> teach my kids. They might be, like when they go to school, they don't, I don't know what the fuck they be doing in school, right? But, and my wife be like, I do too much, but like when, whenever I'm around them and they hate it, but I sit there and I read Robert Kiyosaki, I read Benjamin Graham, I play Warren Buffett on YouTube for them. I ask them questions about finances. I ask them questions about liability and, and, and assets. This is one thing you could, you could, anybody could ask any one of my kids about these things and they'll tell you right off the bat. So I try to educate them about finances. Yeah, right? Joe, but, but what about the people aspect of this, right? Because I don't agree with you at all that if you focus completely on money, that it makes you, um, it makes you a better person than those that don't respond to your video, right? Like I, I don't respond to everything and and you know I money money is the root of all evil. And so if you sit there and focus your life totally on finances, you lose the human aspect of being a man or a woman. So if you no, focus but, but all of, hold on hold on hold on. All right, all right. If you focus all of your time and energy on the money piece of it, mm. what happens to the rest of you as a well-rounded human being? It's not there. 
But you I lose don't focus, all that. But I don't only focus on money. But right? you just I, said you. But but he just asked you the question. And, no, and he I said, said I said I said in that group text, right? When when I'm, I'm, I'm and everybody that's on all vacation, they focus on. But but in, on the group text message. The group text message is about getting money. I never said my life is based on. It. I said the group text, right? Is but, about but, but your analogy was that group text message. They focused on it, and that's all they talk about is money. But if you send the group text, in the group text, but I'm right, saying like, right, right. Yeah. So and then you said in the other group text, if you send a video, nobody watches it. You find that to be amazing that nobody wants to look at those videos. Well, why is that amazing? Maybe it's money is not the only thing that's important to all of those other people. That's his yeah. point he was making. There's bigger things in life. There's, there's more than just money. And then you was like, no, there isn't. I'm not. I, I like, no, oh, what I'm man. saying is you need money. We, money should be a main focus of this, it not, of this world. It should not be a main focus. No fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way it should be a main focus. Money, money, is, not the root of, money is not the root of all evil to me. Money is not if the you're focused so if listen, if you're focused solely on money, you're gonna lose your family. It's yeah. the love of money that's the root of all evil. That's no, no, it's being no, it's being broke is the root of all evil. No, it's not bro. It's it's not. Broke people, you, you think about you something. think about all these you think about all these poverty stricken neighborhoods and why the Bullshit. crime rate is always Bullshit, high. Bro. Bullshit. Listen, I'm Bullshit. telling you straight from facts. I've been to these countries, I've been over a hundred countries, bro. And they, these people have been poor as God knows what, but they've been the happiest fucking people I've ever met in my life because they had their family, they had their morals, and they had their principles. The money, yes, is important, but they had other things that made them be happy. Money will bring you down if that's all you're focused on. I'm not saying all the focus. I said money is very important. And, and whenever you have a highly stricken poverty neighborhood, the crime rate is high. People with their belly fully trying to rob a body. People that so stomach you, touching. People that stomach touching. Conversation. That's not what you just talked about. We're not talking about crime. We're not talking about any other shit. You're talking about the people that was focused on the money. It is amazing to you that that's all they talk about. And then in the other conversation is, it's amazing when you see the videos, nobody responds yes. to the other group. But why is that amazing to you? I don't understand it. Because for those other folks that are not, Solely focused on the money, because that's it's great for that, them. It's not. It's not, Jay. What I'm saying is, money is very important. Money is very important, and is I'm not most saying that we're not for. Is, is it the is, most is important money, to you? No, money is not the most important to me. Okay, so I do. But I do. But I do research. The fact that you don't get those responses shouldn't be a surprise to you then. But what I do is I do research and I do. No, I, I, I pay attention. I, I, I speak to people and, and, I, and, I, and I research about money. Like when Fidelity, like I'm on the Fidelity apps, they have um, tutorials like every, every day around 12. I go, on these, I go on these webinars, they're free webinars. You just sit there, I read up on shit. And, and it, it's very important because I have to learn how to survive. And and money is one way that you learn to survive. You need you need you need that, right? And 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 I just feel like my people they need to know about certain things that's going on. And if you don't know what's going on in the country, and you, you you're gonna be fucked. You got to prepare for the future. Yeah. And no and, doubt, and bro. You have to no prepare. doubt. That's all I'm saying.
Like I'm I'm reading these for the like every day, like Robin Hood and Fidelity, they give you free webinars every day, right? I'm on these webinars. I'm taking, I'm going to seminars, like I'm 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 having one-on-one with people that made a million off the stock market. I'm 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 involved and I see the shit that's happening around me. And I'm trying to put, you know, every I'm trying to put like that's why I talk about this shit so much, because I'm putting Every, I'm trying to tell everybody, and, 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 and I'm not saying it should be your only thing, but we should look into this thing. We should know what's going on. Finances are very important. That's all I'm trying to say. Nah, definitely, definitely. All right. Um, good conversation, Joe. Moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> no, serious, say- man. Those are good conversations. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. 20% of the homeless uh, homeless people are children. 40, 42% of the street children identify as LGBT. And I guess you got to kill Q. Um, I'm going to go to Ryan Bars. You hear those numbers? I wish I could send an emoji so you could see my face. What comes to your mind? That's it. That's it. That's the alphabet crew. My bad. <laughs> Ryan Bars. So you said 20% is children? Am I right? Yes, sir. 20% of the homeless children are um, of 20% of the homeless people are kids. 42 out of that 20%, 42% of those street children identify as LGBT. And you asked me what I think about that, huh? Yes. I think that's crazy. Children identifying as LGBTQ, like that's wow. But I'm I I can't I can't say I'm really that surprised because <clears throat> my daughter goes to school, she's in the ninth grade, and these these dudes, you know what I mean? They that's all they talk about is gay stuff, you know what I mean? And the girls, you know what I mean? They they all want to be with each other. So, you know what I mean? It's like this world is just going, going down. You know what I mean? Because um, the more power they get, the less power we get as you know what I mean. Citizens of this country. You know what I mean? That's the way I see it. You know what I mean? Like, because <clears throat> they haven't been listening to us as citizens. You know what I mean? Trying to change laws for us, but as soon as one of the alphabet crew says something it, the law gets passed like no problem you know what i mean so yeah man that's that's crazy though you know what i mean 20 percent is children but yet 42 percent of them are gay in some way uh they they need the lord you know what i mean that's what that's that's my take on that they need god Hey, Boogie. Yeah, man, uh, I, that is that is an astronomical number that you just said. Um, first of all, I think, you know, I, I don't even want to focus on the, the 40. I, I am going to focus on that 42%, but I think the fact that 20% of, uh, of homelessness uh, are, are kids is, is staggering and it's sad uh, that in 2022, uh, that number is really that high. Uh, of kids that are homeless and it's pathetic. 
and it's sad to see. And we are, we are failing miserably as as the leaders um, of free worlds and powerful nations. That we have that amount of kids that are homeless at this point is beyond me. But at forty two percent of those kids that identify as being a part of the the LGBTQ community is again to me this kind of goes back to social media. This goes back to what's shown on TV. Like I, again, I'm not a believer in you're born that way. I'm, I am a believer of influences from the outside that causes you to make a shift in your way you think and the way you believe and what you want to do and or be. That, that is crazy because it means there's influences from in schools. There's also influences at home. And even to your point that you made earlier about where you think we'll be in 30 years from now as far as you know, men and women uh, basically being pushed towards being bisexual, this this is a trend that shows we're heading in that direction. And that's really scary to think about um, at this point. And, that's, and I'll leave it at that. Mr. Wallace, your thoughts? Um, well, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll agree um, with, with Jay. That is just, just, you know, to have that, that number of children homeless is a problem, a serious problem. Um, so 42% of 20%, it's, it's eight and a half percent, right? Um, there's a lot, but I mean, my biggest question is, and this, this is why, you know, shit is kind of frustrating me because there, there is this, this media or, or political push. Since when do we start recording the sexual orientation of children? Since when the fuck has that been a, a, an important statistic? The sexual orientation of homeless children. You don't know, you don't have a home to live in. You don't have a consistent base. You don't have a school district. You don't have food. And I'm worried about your sexual orientation. I mean, that right there just tells you what, what page we on, man. Like, like, what the fuck? Why is that even a concern as a child that's homeless? That's absolutely valid, brother. So yeah, I am astonished at the numbers and I'm astonished that it's even a fucking number. Like, like uh, I don't know why we're worried about that kind of shit. But that's that's the pace of society right now. Please correct Joe. Um, yeah, um, what Mr. Wallace said, I, I agree with it, you know. I agree with it 100%. But um, I don't understand. But I think it's definitely social media and TV, right? Like even the cartoons, like everything has the, 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 the homosexuality in it, right? And, it, it, and I, I, they want... They want to be represented, right? Even in the Marvel movies, and they want representation. And the more representation, I guess, the kids see, the more acceptable it becomes to them. And I feel like that's the reason. It's just like TV and social media, because it was always able to brainwash us into even getting the kind of clothes or the kind of food you eat, right? Right? Social media and television commercials. It's always been a brainwashing tool. So I guess if you have homosexuality 
on the shit that brainwashes us, you know, you're going to get what you watch, right? You get what you put in your body. So if that's what you get, that's what you put in your body, that's what the outcome is going to be. But, you know, and and one thing that, that, that made me, you know, I like women, right, was when we used to go to them, to them, to them, them basement parties and shit, right? And used to get dub on the girls and you felt your first pair of titties and shit in a dance. And, and and I was like, holy shit, this is what I want to be for the rest of my life, right? Feeling like some coochie and and, and 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 it all changed when like I started going I, like I went to a club a couple of years ago and I see all the dudes in the circle dancing by themselves and all the fucking females in the in a circle dancing by themselves. So I was like what the hell is this? So it's like people they, they not I don't know, it's weird man. It's a weird generation that I don't want to be a part of. Right. No, and I got some more numbers for you guys. Um, according to Trevor Projects, right? Um, there are, from the ages of 13 to 24, who live in the U.S., um, who identifies LGBTQ, it's 2,647,755. That's how many people. Ident- children, 13 to 24, identify as LGBTQ from that age. And out of that, and and what I wanted to say to you, Mr. Wallace, is one of the reasons why they keep that statistic is because 20% of that population attempt suicide um, every year. So that's one of the reasons why they keep that as a, a statistic. So, and that's crazy if you see that many well, so, people. So are they attributing the the amount of suicide attempts to their sexual orientation or right so yeah, right so right and another thing i gotta let you guys know as well as the the homeless youth what happens is is that uh what contribute how that contributes to the homeless problem is that a, a lot of people they, they you know you know we have our old ways and we're not having that right so they find out that their son or their their daughter are are, are you know going that route and what they do they not having that and they kick them out and then they on the street and they got nowhere else to go so that ends up into prostitution um shelters being raped um being taken advantage of you know and and that ultimately can lead to them committing suicide or attempting to commit suicide so that's how you know the old ways that's how that can contribute to the homelessness problem you know, I think I think I don't agree with that, man. And honestly, I'm not in these people's lives, but I I listen, man. I don't see that. I don't see that. I think, and once again, I think this is just a pace of the, the paces in society, right? It's like, yo, yes, I can understand as a parent not being comfortable with my child's sexuality. Um, but even then, to just disown them and kick them out, I don't know. For me, hell no. I will never disown that. I don't know what she want to do. But I can't speak for any, any other parent, right? right? However, I think there's like a pressure, just like with the COVID thing, right? Everybody dying from COVID, everybody died. Every, every other disease took a year off, right? The year came, COVID came around. Everybody died from COVID. It's like there's this pressure to put, you know, this, this emphasis of victimhood on these people. And it's like, you know, I don't want to say that, but shit, nigga, I've been homeless. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you homeless? And this motherfucker gonna, gonna give me an extra handout if I tell him I was abused? You know what I'm saying? You think I ain't gonna smudge the numbers? 
or, or say something to get me on. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the nah. I, I just don't buy that, dude. I don't buy that. Because I've known plenty of people that came out to their parents, and even if their parents ain't like it, I don't know nobody that was disowned, yo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, me personally. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm sure it does. Oh, it happens. It happens. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. But, you know, I also feel like... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of, like, afraid to say this shit because it's not, you know, politically correct. Sorry, Joe. Mm-hmm. But, but you gotta, it's raw. This is raw, but it's raw, but real. Yeah, so you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like a victim blamer, right? Like, yo, how did you come out? You know what I'm saying? Like, me finding my daughter fucking a girl in my living room when I come home from work is different than me, than her sitting me down and saying, yo, dad, I got something to talk to you about. You know what I mean? I really want to see what you think. And that's a different way. You know what I'm saying? One's total disrespect and one is, you know, on me finding a video of, you know, my son sucking a dick. God damn. You know what I mean? I mean, that's totally different than you coming to me, you know, and, and trying to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of those those things are left out. A lot of those those kind of experiences are left out of the explanation. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's how the parent takes it and how the parent, you know, um, you know, is able to um, you know, process it and figure out how they're gonna be able to move forward, right? Yeah. Because it's it's you know, it's it's the it's it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going on and the anger, but you got to process it and think about, you know, that child's feelings. But a lot of people can't process it in the correct fashion. And what they do is lash out and it turns to anger. And then it depends on that individual. Could be violent, could be a lot of stuff going on with that parent. And they might not handle it correctly at that present time. Exactly. So, you know what? But you know, I'm a huge believer in. And um, this is why I'm just a little just upset with this, this, this current page is that if you want somebody like, okay, so you got a gay kid, he wants to come out to his parents, right? You're expecting them to be understanding, right? Like you're hoping that they're going to be understanding and accepting of you, right? But you're not leaving any leniency for you to be understanding and accepting of them. If they don't accept you, if they don't act the way you want them to. And that's what I don't agree with. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, if you want to be accepted, then you have to be willing to accept. And if you're not, then it's selfish. Right. And then that was leads to you can't stay in my house. Exactly. <laughs> right. And then that leads to them having nowhere to go. If they don't have a family member, don't take them in, which leads to those statistics, which I just said, which is 2 million people identify as that. Yeah, but then, but then look at that though. But then look what you just said, yo. You got kids. Kids don't have family members that would take them in. Right. Where are the relationships? Where are the communities? That's the problem. You're absolutely right on that. My body. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, uh, no, no. Um, but you know what? What I was gonna say is, some kids they were just born gay, man. They were just born gay. Like, like when you was in kindergarten, you were just like, yeah, this nigga. Some kids are just born gay, bro. No, I, I, feel like, I feel like I feel like it's the bisexuals. That's who's greedy. 
That's right. who like kind of. Nah, I don't think it's the numbers that that we've seen today, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, because this many kids ain't been born gay since the beginning of time, nigga. Right. So, no, but it's a it's a see. The thing is with this is that it's a lot of factors into that, right? Because what's going on in the home is that they're being touched, right? And they're being touched mm-hmm. in the room, which contributes to the situation. So, like Jay was saying earlier, no one's born like that. You know what I'm saying? You're not born like that. Now, does now you can be situations can occur where you can be confused, you know? Like you can be born like that. You can, you like- can, be, you can be confused. Because the people that you may have saw in kindergarten, you don't know what happened to that person in their home. You can't say, oh, that person wasn't touched because you don't know. So, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 a, it's a lot of things that determine determines that. You get what I mean? Unfortunately, people get touched. They're confused. They don't know the difference because they feel like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Like, like when you see things on TV, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know what yeah, I mean? But not every, but not everybody was. What I'm saying is, when you talk to people, like not everybody was touched. Some people just like what you they like. That. You don't know that. You can't say that. I mean, you, there. I, I mean you, can't, you can't say that. You can't say everybody wasn't touched. You don't know that. But you can't say everybody was touched. You can't say they wasn't. But you can't say they was. But the numbers, the numbers speak. Which are, these are facts, Joe. The numbers speak towards that when a person is touched. More than likely, they're gonna be confused by the I mean, same all flex. My girlfriends touched me when I was a boy. Huh? I mean, all my girlfriends touched me when I was a boy. No, I'm talking about same sex. <laughs> I know. <laughs> same sex. <laughs> but we ain't talking about that. You know, the light skin shit right now, you heard? <laughs> and, Antoine, and, well, Antoine Fisher was touched. He was in the Navy. And he's still here. <laughs> he still, he right. hey, but what I'm saying is a lot of people, you can't say, you know what I mean? I feel like some people just born like that. Like, look at Dwayne Wade's son. I think people, some people just born like that, bro. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, maybe, I ain't going to speak on it. <laughs> I think that was influence, though. I think that was influence. <laughs> yeah, it have been. You never know. But um, Ryan Boss, when you hear those, when you hear those numbers, what comes to your mind? Influence, you know what I mean? This country has been influenced by the spirit of homosexuality for a long time. Like, you know what I mean? I say since the 2000s, you know what I mean? Early 2000s, you know what I mean? So, you know, with social media, television, movies, you know what I mean? All of that being you know the the they pushing their agenda through these things you know what i mean and <clears throat> it's not getting you know what i mean any better you know what i mean it's getting worse and worse and worse like you know what i mean who, who would have thought you know what i mean you be watching something from 50 cent and see two dudes straight molly whopping each other with their lips you know what i mean that happens in every show now. I, 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 like every show, every power that happens on. Like that's you don't need, we don't need to see that. Like come right, on. right, right, right. So you know what I mean. Like it's it's, it's taking us away from um our, our regularness. You know what I mean. Like 
what it was before, you know what I mean? People would be like, yo, what the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> but now it's accepted, you know what I mean? So them numbers, you know what I mean? They they don't really, really surprise me, man. You know what I mean? But um, like I said, these kids need the Lord, you know what I mean? They need to find out, you know what I mean, who the creator is and start from there and keep going. That's my take. Jay Boogie. Yeah, I tell you, man, <clears throat> I used to always tell my guys, man, particularly like before I left to go over to Iraq and Afghanistan, I would always tell them that, you know, no religion uh, is responsible for terrorism. People are responsible for terrorism. And uh, it's the same thing with this. Uh, I just feel like uh, people are responsible for this, where we are today, uh, and influences that they have on people. Uh, and so uh, I'll leave it at that because it's, it's pretty crazy. And Mr. Wallace. What, the numbers on the homeless? Yeah. No, you know what, Mr. Wallace, give me your give me your plan to stop to help the, the half a million people in the United States that's homeless. What's your plan to stop that, right? To help with that right now? You need a plan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like an immediate plan? Yeah, your immediate plan right now. You can stop. You you go ahead. Um, you know, excuse me. Uh, to be honest, I really don't 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 really handle problems like like immediately. I try to find what the core issue is, and I and I fix that. And I'm 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 normally willing to wait out the gradual change. Um immediate fix you would have to get with um, some housing development groups and create some basic basically free housing um a company with some programs in place to trade these people and things that for jobs that you will create for them uh to put back into that community uh so you you at least get the labor capital out of them and um you know, just just build those communities, but that's I mean, I don't know. That's at a cost. That's at the cost of a lot, and it it would it would take a lot. It would take a lot of um, you know, kind of government influence on on private companies, you know, in order to do that. But the way things are set up, um, but that's what I would recommend. I would recommend you know low low income to free homes um, being built actual good sturdy functional foundational homes um those people being transitioned to a trade school or some kind of skill that they have to be trained in that would be able to be put back into those in those into those communities since they wouldn't be able to actually pay with money uh, they could pay with labor um and of course with those jobs have a menial salary in order to eat and, and supply themselves and then in the next generation growing up in those homes, they would be able to actually start, you know, paying a mortgage or whatever, but they would already have the, the home, you know what I mean? So they wouldn't have to, you know, work out here and, and go out here to, to have a home. Like that home, that would be their home. That's what I would, you know, recommend just off the top of my head, thinking as an immediate fix, that, that's, what I, that's what I came up with. Ryan Boss, immediate fix for homelessness. 
Yeah, mine's come right along the lines with Mr. Wallace, you know what I mean? I was thinking about employment, you know what I mean? We they we all need money to, you know what I mean, eat and you know have shelter and have clothes on our back, and that's what the homeless lack, you know what I mean? And that's what's you know what I mean, it, that's what should be most important to them. You know what I mean? So definitely finding homeless people employment, like getting everybody in their communities, like each state, you know what I mean? Getting everybody in their communities to help the homeless find jobs and clean them up, you know what I mean? Help them, you know what I mean? Maybe uh, get a few nights in the hotel to clean them up and get some rest off the streets and then go out and start looking for jobs, you know what I mean? That would be uh, uh, a definite, you know, immediate you know what I mean, clean up of the streets, you know what I mean, where homeless people be at and, you know, <clears throat> uh, low-income housing would play into that too, you know what I mean, because not every homeless person is going to be, you know, out there getting mad guap, you know what I mean, because they're coming from a place where they might have dropped out in, a, in the eighth grade, so they don't have the education that, you know, they need. So yeah, definitely low income housing and education, I would say, you know what I mean, would definitely help to stop the homelessness in, in this country. That's my take. Jay Boogie. Yeah, man, I think, <clears throat> you know, when, when you think about these people uh, that are in position uh, to make, make decisions uh, that could help influence this, I think one of the biggest things that they need to do, and this is this will be an immediate thing for me, is you know, asking them to learn how to stand in somebody else's shoes, to see it through their eyes, and that's how you begin, right? And then I think it's up to the individual to make it happen because um, empathy, empathy, which is really what people need to have when you're dealing with this problem, uh, is a quality of character that could change the problem set. But if you have zero empathy in your heart, this will never change. And then you have to be able to look at this through the lens of those folks, right? And we are fortunate right, enough to have our brother, Mr. Wallace on here that has unfortunately, but fortunately went through this, came through this and is able to stand here and talk about it today uh, as, a positive, as a positive result of going through these trials and tribulations and, and, and giving us his insight on this. But you know, if we don't have the empathy to listen to that and, and, and try and figure out how to get through it, it'll never change because these folks get to these positions, um, not because they genuinely care, unfortunately, but money gets them there. And so how, how does it really change unless you get genuine folks that sit there that can help make those decisions? And that's my take on that, brother. Play correct, Joe. It's, we need more jobs. When you have jobs, you make money, and when you make money, you don't have to be homeless. Need, need, need jobs. That's it. That's how you stop homelessness. People got to work. Is that really the? Is that really the? Is that really the 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 thing though? Because every month they release job jobs numbers, job list numbers, unemployment numbers, and every month they release millions and millions of people that that got jobs. So what does that really mean? I mean, all this could be stopped by corporate greed. 
I keep I keep going back to the same thing, but but those corporate people are hiring. Like this, the, the, the unemployment numbers are the lowest it has been since 1963. So is that really the issue? They're hiring people, but there's more people. There's more people than in 1973. There's more people. Is the is skill set the, there? How, 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 how much has the population grown since then? Is the skill set there to hire these folks that are homeless? I mean, look at Target, I mean, we right? We gotta be realistic, right? Look at Target in the supermarket, like they, they, they and, and McDonald's, right? I never used the 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 the, the, the computers, right? When when they raise the minimum wage, they 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 put in computers. So all these people at the supermarket is out of a job. When you look at the supermarket now, when you go to Target, when you go to Walmart, when you go to BJ's, right? It used to have tons and tons of cashiers, like at least twenty cashiers. Now it's only two. When you look at the um the subway, right? When you had all these these these, these tellers in the booth, right? It's the it's, it's the, the the metrical vending machine. Everything is is computerized. Computers are taking over the jobs. Even my company, right? In my in my where where I'm working at, it used to be it used to be like five people five people in my in my um department. Now it's only two. Well, thank God right. for that, nigga, because that's how I make my money. So thank but, God that technology taking over in some form of fashion. Yeah, but but when technology take over, the less we need for human beings. Like even if in California, you have all the IT, the, the 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 Silicon Valley, right? The IT guys, they're like California got some of the most million most millionaires in the in in California. It's like divided, right? So you have people that's making millions and millions of dollars and then you got people that's homeless. And then people are living longer. So, okay, so, this is so manual labor is out of like we don't need manual labor anymore. So, so then don't don't do manual labor. Learn a skill. But how could you learn a skill if 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 you're like 45 years old Easy, and, and your job lets you go and you need still you still need money to to support this is not young kids that's homeless it's people with family that right. that with their hands that that was that was working in a copy room that that's not working no more or was a cashier and my mom i mean i mean me and my mom's talking about this shit years ago like you see these old ladies at cvs as cashiers or like these young women at CVS as cashiers. Or like these middle-aged women at CVS as cashiers, right? Or men. If you don't have the foresight to say, oh shit, they're testing out that new self-checkout machine over there. Maybe I should start thinking about what else I can do. But you didn't think like that. So that's not on the rest of the world to be like, oh, no, Janice, let's help you up. Because I know when the first self-checkout machine came in, you didn't, you didn't think anything. And even when the second one came in, you didn't see anything. And when the automated photo machine came in, you didn't think anything. But it's on us to say, you know, let's help you out. No, just the signs were there. Pick up a fucking book, take a class. Sacrifice something and, and do something, you know, after work to, to make sure you're not a fucking cashier next year. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something funny, too. Right? I was in the bank. 
and I used to always go to the bank, the same HSBC all the time. And I used to go to the teller and the teller would get mad at me. Like, why don't you just use the ATM? And I was like, I, I was, so I had to text her because the bank was empty in the, and she said, employed, bitch. <laughs> I said, I said, because I want to support human beings. I want to deal with somebody human. I was like, look around you. It used to be like seven, eight tellers here. The ATM is taking away them, your job. And you, and you, you, you pushing me to use the ATM. So you, we don't need you anymore. Like even if the, the, the MTA vendor, she was like, why don't you just use the, 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 the machine right there? I said, this is taking away your job. The supermarket, they will get mad at you when you when you go to their line. I'm like, but I'm helping to save fucking jobs by not using these machines. And the same people that that the, the machines are working against is telling you to go use it. I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. They want less work. That's what they being lazy. That's what that is. But less work means no work. Right. That means no work. But we're getting off topic again, Joe. <laughs> my bad, man. My bad. <laughs> but, but, but my topic is. To, to, to stop homelessness, man, you just need more jobs. And I don't know. I don't know if you can stop it because it's the, like we said, it's overpopulated. I guess that's what the COVID was for to, to, to wipe out a couple people. But I guess, you know, I don't know. But it's, just, it's too much people. It's too much people and not enough manual jobs. You're going to always have homelessness. All right. All right. Ryan Bars, final take. Like my man Jay said earlier, they got money for war but can't feed the poor. Shout out to rest in peace to Tupac. All right. Uh, Jay Boogie, final take. <laughs> oh God, don't, uh, don't take away from Joe, man. He might kill me, bro. <laughs> but I tell you, man, um, my last take, man, one of the one of the lessons that I grew up with um, that my mother always told me, um, which was incredibly important, uh, was to always stay true to yourself and uh, never let what somebody says distract you from your goals. So stay focused on your goals, whatever that may be, and keep pointing to the North Star. Mr. Wallace, final take. Um, I think today's final take is going to be Piggybacking on something that Jay said, uh, let let's try to empathize without sympathy, right? Let's just try to see where people are coming from without feeling bad for them, um, so we can really, you know, be in a, be in, have the mindset of of helping them. That's my thing. All right, please correct Joe. Final take. Um. Corporate greed in the in <laughs> nah man, just you know, just you gotta educate yourself as much as possible, man. And you gotta prepare for the worst. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta be able to live in the in the present. But you, you always gotta be prepared and just educate yourself financially and 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 spiritually, and you'll be all right. All right, Ryan Boss, thank you so much. Drop a juke before you go. Hey, yo. You need food, clothing, and shelter to survive. So pray for those things most of all. 
Jay Boogie, thank you so much. Drop a juke yes. before you go. Yes, sir. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, man, most importantly, um, I, I've, for my whole life, I've been surrounded by, by a lot of great people in my life, to including my brothers on this podcast today. But what I do know is every day that I come home, I come home to perfection. And that's my family. And so keep family first. Mr. Wallace, thank you so much for joining us today. Drop a juke before you go, boss. Uh, thank you, brothers. Um, I would say, yo, love yourself, love on your family. Um, always strive to be better than you were yesterday. And watch out for corporate greed. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Play correct, Joe. Thank you for joining us today. Drop a juke before you go. Yeah, in the words of the great Warren Buffett, right? If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Brothers Podcast. We out. We out. Now that we done spoke on these topics, you know it's only right that we open up your optics for all my listeners. Now I know you got options, but I ask around, the brothers the hottest, like DJ Khaled, we the best in these streets. Make sure that you're listening in next week. Shout out to Sergeant J Boogie and World Tour, LT The Voice, and PC Joe for sure. Mr. Wallace and Ryan Bars leave you wanting more. You know it's Brothers Podcast, what you fronting for? Where we got news and drop jewels Law, the Brothers Podcast, Stash Crib Report, Chip, BK, All Day, Ryan Bars, The Future Like Flying Cars.